this Sunday afternoon, we begin a sermon series in the afternoons about the Lord's Prayer. As we're guided using the Heidelberg Catechism, we make it through that topic. And we begin at Lord's Day 45, but before that, our scripture reading comes from Luke 11, page 1196 in their pew Bible. Luke chapter 11, where the Lord Jesus Christ teaches us how to pray. We'll read the first 13 verses. After that, we're going to turn to Galatians chapter 3. So here's Luke 11. Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you that though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. So that's from Luke chapter 11. Let's turn to Galatians 3, page 1338. We'll read the first nine verses of Galatians 3. Um, just a background, Galatians is written because a lot of people are returning to the old Jewish ways. They're very, very tempted to return to all the customs of the Jewish uh, commands, um, the ceremonial commands like circumcision and such. So you have to hear how um, Galatians 3 begins. It's right in the heat of it. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among us as crucified. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by hearing of faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. 
And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Christ having re- has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. That's our reading from Galatians chapter 3. Turn to our confessional reading. You take the Heidelberg Catechism in the back of the songbook. And we're going to be looking at Lord's Day 45, but just before that, sometimes we need an orientation or reorientation of where we are in the Heidelberg Catechism. Our only comfort in life and death, that's the gospel. And the third heading was our thankfulness. So I just want to remind you of how Lord's Day 32 asks about good works. Lord's Day 32 is back on 548. It says, Since we have been delivered from our misery by grace alone through Christ, without any merit of our own, why must we yet do good works? Why do good? And the answer, because Christ having redeemed us by His blood, also renews us by His Spirit to be His image, so that with our whole life we may show ourselves thankful to God for His benefits and that He may be praised by us. And there's more there, but I just wanted to highlight why this whole section on thankfulness? Because Christ has not finished His work in us. Having redeemed us by His blood, He also renews us. So that's why we turn to prayer. Are we forgetting that prayer is Christ's work in us to renew us. I hope we don't lose sight of it. Lord's Day 45. Oh, but before we get to 45, let's remember 44. Page 558 has this number 115. And we've just gone through 10 commandments. Maybe you remember that last week as well. If in this life no one can keep the Ten Commandments perfectly, why does God have them preached so strictly? And try to look for an answer, something to do with prayer, okay? Why preach the Ten Commandments so strictly? First, so that throughout our life we may more and more become aware of our sinful nature and therefore seek more eagerly the forgiveness of sins and righteousness in Christ. Second, so that while praying to God for the grace of the Holy Spirit, we may never stop striving to be renewed more and more after God's image until after this life we reach the goal of perfection. Okay, finally we're at Lord's Day 45. Lord, Lord's Day 45. Hear it. Why is prayer necessary for Christians? Because prayer is the most important part of the thankfulness which God requires of us. Moreover, God will give His grace and the Holy Spirit only to those who constantly and with heartfelt longing ask Him for these gifts and thank Him for them. 
what belongs to a prayer which pleases God and is heard by Him. First, we must from the heart call upon the one true God only, who has revealed Himself in His Word for all that He has commanded us to pray. Second, we must thoroughly know our need and misery so that we may humble ourselves before God. And third, we must rest on this firm foundation that although we do not deserve it, God will certainly hear our prayer for the sake of Christ our Lord as He has promised us in His Word. And what has God commanded us to ask of Him? All the things we need for body and soul as included in the prayer which Christ our Lord Himself taught us. And what is the Lord's Prayer? That's what we uh, just heard moments ago from Luke 11. After the sermon, we're going to sing Amazing Grace, and that's from the Provisional Psalms and Hymns, page 50. Congregation loved by Jesus Christ our Lord, I'm sure you've been to the Mill Dam. Maybe it was a month ago or so you were looking at the salmon climbing the fish ladder at the Mill Dam. Or you've been to Inglis Falls. If you know where to look, you can find some pretty amazing engineering. At the Mill Dam, they have these gates, the valves, controls the spillway, the amount of water that flows down the fish ladder. It's quite the engineering. You see winches and levers and valves. The gates, they go up and down and control a huge quantity of water to hold it back or to let it go just the right amount. Maybe you've been to Inglis Falls and you know about that grist mill up there. One time you probably would have seen a big water wheel that would take the water before it went over the falls and be able to do a lot of hard work with that mill. But if you look at the equipment, guaranteed there's going to be some padlock. You just can't walk in there and you see this thing that's like a steering wheel shaped thing, the hand wheel for manually moving the gate and the flow, you will find a padlock. You may not touch it. Unless you're authorized, you don't touch it. If you want more water to come over the dam, it's all under control of that. You have to ask someone, what is prayer? Prayer is going to the one who is authorized. The God of all grace. The Lord God Himself is good and He's the overflowing fountain of all good. That's Belgian Confession, Article 1, says He's good and the overflowing fountain of all good. And God stands at the top of all His goodness and mercy and grace and blessing and He controls the huge gates. Prayer is asking God for grace. Let it flow, Lord. And it's to ask for the Holy Spirit. Let Him come. Fill me. The message I'm bringing is pray for grace. Pray for grace. There's this line in the catechism that goes, and, and some of you remember the old way it was answered. 
Why is prayer necessary for Christians? The old way was because it's the chief part of thankfulness which God requires of us. The chief part. Or nowadays you'll hear this, because prayer is the most important part of the thankfulness which God requires of us. And here's where, by default, I know from the catechism classes that the students will be thinking, and most of us are thinking, prayer is the best, it's the most ultimate way of being thankful to God. It's how I say thanks to God. Prayer is the best way. I'm a little uneasy with that answer. We've just covered the Ten Commandments, all of that obedience in the Ten Commandments, how to say thanks to God, loving God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, loving your neighbor as yourself. And you might naturally be thinking that compared to loving God with heart, soul, mind, and strength, prayer is maybe even better than that. This is where it doesn't quite work, right? Prayer is the most important way to get thankfulness happening. That's the message I'm bringing. Prayer is the most important way, the chief way of getting thankfulness in your life. Because without prayer, there's no thankfulness, no gratefulness, no joy. Without prayer, you're dried up. And I really want you to understand this. That's why I want you to imagine these old-fashioned mills the one with the huge water wheel. Because the one thing you need for your mill is running water, flowing. There's a source of energy. And that's how you get your work done. Now picture this. You are the thankfulness mill. That's what you do for work. You produce it. And you've just gone through the Ten Commandments. How to say thanks to God. Well, you love God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's easily the first four commandments right there. And how to love your neighbor as yourself. Commandments 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10. And your thankfulness mail. How to live out that love. What do you need most? What's the most important part of your thankfulness? And why is prayer so necessary? Where's your thankfulness going to be coming from? God's grace. Because Christ is not finished. Having redeemed us by His blood, He also is earnestly invested in renewing us into the image of Christ. God controls the flow of His mercy, His kindness. God sends His Holy Spirit to those who ask. It's like the water, the control, the flow of water into your thankfulness. And you, you know, you, you see this throughout the Scriptures. You'll hear something like, ask, seek, knock. Prayer is, is this communication with God and you know, even as you pray, you know that you're not in control of the heavens. You could not manipulate God. And your prayer is basically nothing but I need your grace. I need mercy. I need wisdom. Think of James 1.5. If anyone of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Because if that flows, 
If the grace of God flows, then my thankfulness mill starts turning. Prayer is you saying to God, I depend on you. I need you. I can't do this on my own. So we read from Luke 11, verse 9. Jesus teaching his disciples to pray. So I say to you, verse 9, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. And in case you're hearing, ask, seek, knock, as if it means just about ask for anything, health, riches, peace, whatever. You notice Luke 11. Jesus has something in mind. Luke 11, verse 13. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? And there's one thing the Lord Jesus expects His people to ask for more than anything else. What is it? Who is He? The Holy Spirit. God, I need you. That's what prayer is. God, I need you in me, in my heart. That's what prayer is. So let me show you also Galatians 3 for a moment, because we read that. Galatians 3. Maybe it's a bit of a challenging chapter. Apostle Paul can do that once in a while. Give us a challenge. Verse 2. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being made perfect in the flesh? And let me give you the backstory there. Do you need only the Holy Spirit at the beginning of your spiritual journey? When you first receive the Lord Jesus Christ by faith, knowing that you need your sins to be washed away by His blood, is that the only time you pray for the Holy Spirit? Is that the only time you need God's grace in your life? Because if you start out like that, If you start hearing the word and believing in faith and then you expect God to somehow change that up, it's a bait and switch here for you, now you finish in your own strength. This is your thankfulness. I think you're really missing the point. Thankfulness in your strength? Obviously, you need the Spirit, the Holy Spirit every day because your flesh fails you. Look in the mirror. Your flesh is failing. And then spiritually, your best effort, how hard you've tried this past week, you walk up to the mirror of God's law and your flesh has failed you. Human strength is not going to make you perfect. There's no way you're getting into glory on your own strength. In the bottom line of Galatians 3, Beginning with the Holy Spirit, yes. Daily, depending on the Holy Spirit, yes, for sure. No one, no one in the kingdom of God ever gets weaned off of God's grace. Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Remember Jesus having a child come forward? 
those who are like little children who are weaned on. That's not a word. Those who are dependent on the grace of someone else. And here, you are like the children of God, dependent on the grace of God, not a single moment of any day. So you begin with grace, and you need grace upon grace. John 1.16, remember that? And of His fullness, of Christ's fullness, we have all received grace for grace, or grace upon grace, depending on your translation. All this to say that prayer essentially asks God to open the floodgates of the grace of the Holy Spirit. And we're still only at the beginning of prayer, the introduction here. And with our time today, I need to highlight just just even this one point, the foundation of our prayer. Why are we praying? Why pray? And you're going to hear a lot of commanding words like, why is prayer necessary? You have to. You hear one command after the other in the scriptures. It's necessary. You must you can't be a Christian without praying. And, and so 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 16, pray without ceasing. And I'm concerned, like, it worries me that without the proper foundation, prayer would be for you a slavish duty. Or a guilt fest, like, I never pray enough. I really want to back up then and see how we ended the Ten Commandments. Lord's Day 44, we read that little piece ahead of time. Why preach the Ten Commandments so strictly and you were told, hey, you got prayer coming. Answer 115. There's this line there. So that while praying to God for the grace of the Holy Spirit, we may never stop striving to be renewed more and more after God's image. And it's This is fundamental that however crushed you felt going through the Ten Commandments, however weighed down, don't do something idiotic like, I should just try harder. Please don't say that. No, I need the grace of God more. I'm going to lean on the Lord God more. Depend on Him. That's the answer. I'm going to Pray. Never stop praying. Never stop striving. And I'm going to pray for this undeserved love of God to continue. That is, Holy Spirit, the work at the beginning of my life, my spiritual life, would not just be some memory of what He has done in the past for me. That's not going to be enough momentum. What I need, Lord, is you in me every day for me to strive more and more to be renewed after God's own image, for us to resemble God more. My thankfulness mill, that huge water wheel, we call it a grace wheel, runs on the daily flow of God's grace. What do I need? God, the Holy Spirit. I need Him. 
And so you see Lord's Day 45 comes right after the strictest preaching you've ever had on the, tenth com- on the Ten Commandments. Why is prayer necessary for Christians? Why do you absolutely need to pray? And it's not optional. Line number two, God will give His grace and the Holy Spirit only to those who constantly and with heartfelt longing ask Him for these gifts and thank Him for them. It's only for askers, seekers, and knockers. This is awesome. In a sense, it's frustrating that God doesn't just take us and instantly perfect us and bring us into glory without all of this in-between time that we spend on earth. But this is awesome that God makes this direct connection for us. Look at your God in absolute control of the flow of grace of the Holy Spirit, and you see, I don't just start my Christian life with a good boost. I don't just start my Christian life with a one-time appreciation of Christ's death on the cross for me, and then somehow coast through grace momentum as far uh, as I can on my own. No, He's getting me to constantly, with heartfelt longing, ask and seek and knock. You need to see this connection. Lord, show me Your grace. Me, a child who's failed You this last week, or even this morning. I want to be more like Jesus Christ. I want the fruit of your Holy Spirit to come forth from me. That if people know me, they know where I get it from. It's from you. This connection between God's grace and the grace that comes through me. You know, I met a pastor. I do this more often when you meet a pastor. You share stories. One of the stories we share is How has God answered prayer in your life or in the life of the congregation? I shared a story with him. He said, in the morning worship service, we were deeply concerned about an individual who was very near death. And we prayed as a congregation, like we often do, for someone who is not well. And we prayed that the Lord would grant relief Like, whether he healed or not, but Lord, grant this individual relief and make it go well this day. By the afternoon, the individual shows up in church, and a few people approach me afterward and say, why did we even bother praying for that person? They were just fine. Like, no, this morning that person was very unwell. And this, our Lord heard prayer and he answered and it was him he made that person well and granted relief for that day and as pastors we sometimes share stories like this to remind us that God does miracles today and I want you to pray for the impossible because that's what miracles are what we find to be absolutely impossible in our own strength. And we're praying this, Lord, do a mighty work in me. For example, 
I find it impossible to forgive so-and-so. Do a mighty work in me, Lord. I find it really hard to be generous. I don't like sharing things. Do a miracle in me, Lord. I'm hiding sins in, in secret darkness. Give me the courage to confess it to others and to get help. You pray for that miracle. A daily miracle of God doing His work in you. Lord, do your mighty deeds in me. Let loose your grace. Open the floodgates. Let it flow. Let it flow. That's a good Christmas song. Let it flow. This is prayer for grace. Speaking to your heavenly Father who's in control of all grace. Lord, I don't deserve to be your temple. Right? Isn't that true? I don't deserve to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. We as church don't deserve to be called the temple of the living God. But Father, this is what prayer is. Father, please, how about more of your undeserved favor? You have shown us in Jesus Christ the greatest favor, the greatest grace you could ever experience having our sins forgiven, being declared righteous before God. But Lord, how about today? Please? I'm asking. I'm seeking. I'm knocking. And it's in your power to open the floodgates. The Lord's Prayer is nothing less. As Jesus teaches the Lord's Prayer, it's nothing, nothing less than asking for God's grace to flow. You think about it, God's name, hallowed be your name. God's kingdom, may your kingdom come. God's will be done. You're begging for the grace of the Holy Spirit in your life. And daily bread and daily forgiveness and daily deliverance from the evil one. Grace upon grace. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Prayer is you looking upstream at the vast reservoir of God's love in Jesus Christ. A huge reservoir. And you're saying, Lord, flow through me. This is the point. God has created us to be thankful beings. Fruitful. Joyful children. Worshiping Him 24-7 for who we are in Christ Jesus and our thankfulness. No one's thankfulness is going to come out of thin air. And our thankfulness isn't going to come from a distant memory of God's work in us. Our thankfulness is not going to come from trying harder to be thankful. Maybe you've done that a few times. I want to try harder to be thankful. Thankfulness runs on the supply, the daily flow of amazing grace. Our thankfulness, our worship-filled love of God, our love for our neighbor, where's that going to come from? 
You've heard the Ten Commandments. Where is your thankfulness going to come from? You've heard of the fruit of the Spirit. Where is that going to come from? Getting on your knees and breathing out this prayer. God, I need you more than ever before. How about a bit more of your grace, Father? How about your Holy Spirit in me? Fill me. That's the message I'm bringing this afternoon. And as we, uh, as we close, notice that our third verse of amazing grace is this line. "'Tis grace has brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home." You're not finished with God's grace. Pray for the grace of God. Amen.